Hey, I'm Ben Silverio. And I'm Rachel Grandigleski. And I'm Ansel Birch. And it's time, time to party! This month's episodes on Kate and Leopold were recorded on April 30th, 2023. We are not doctors. We don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. Well, we are joined by my very good friend and Ben's occasional friend, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, probably going to cut that bit. <laughs> uh, we're joined by mortal enemies. <laughs> yeah, like... they hate each other. It's amazing we got them in the same room. Uh, ever since the incident. That's true. Tell them we recorded this asynchronously. Just cut it together so it sounds like you had a conversation. It'll mm-hmm. be great. It'll be great. Really? I'm just talking to a wall. <laughs> uh, but no, this is Rachel Grandigleski, my great friend. Today's bonus bloopers episode will feature an extended conversation from episode three. Why? Because there was just too much material that had to get cut out that was, in fact, quite edutaining. Party people, thank you for coming back to episode three of our... Uh, I was going to say deep dive, but it's not no. a very deep dive at all. Shallow into... wade around. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's even shallower than our normal. Puddle jump? Uh, this one might get deep. I don't know. This is our uh, our, our puddle jump into Kane Leopold. Oh, yes. Yes, that. <laughs> for the month. Um, we're joined, uh, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast all month, uh, we're joined by Rachel. Me. The inimitable Rachel. Yep, I'm here. Yep. <laughs> Present. Yes, we gave you some excellent drinking and smoking rules so you could rewatch the movie. Um, we talked about the movie itself, gave our review, told you if it was worth your time or not. Yeah. Yep, that's that's about how it goes. Uh, and now you didn't ups- unsubscribe, and now now here you are. And now here you are, and we thank you for being here. Uh, for our third episode, edutainment. I did the hand gesture. And, it was but, elegant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truly, yeah. But like, I, when I did the hand gesture, I got stopped by a pile of DVDs. <laughs> so like, At least you didn't knock your beer over. I mean, that's true. Yeah, that would have been very bad. Could have been worse. I mean, it's a Beck, so I mean... That's how I feel trying too. to do yoga in my living room. There's always like a cat or oh, a I coffee you were gonna table s- in the way. I thought you were going to say uh, when you're trying to do yoga while drinking. Like- Actually, my yoga teacher did do a couple uh, drunk yoga classes cool. where she'd be like, and then uh, upward facing dog and take a sip. Nice. See, that's very relaxing. <laughs> It is really hard to balance while drinking, though. So it was actually a fun challenge. And then you're getting drunker as it goes along. It's getting even harder. I need a straw. That sounds like a good time. Or one of those, uh, like a camelback. No, I need to just fill like a water bottle with alcohol so it's harder to spill. That's Ah, what I needed to do. There you go. But I didn't want to get my straw all sticky. Have you ever done yoga with the goats? My rant about how much I hate goats is too long for this podcast. (laughs) Oh? I have some experiences She's got some history. with goats. Oh no! Because uh, uh, I used to ride horses and uh, oh, spent a lot of time on farms. Gotcha. And uh, I'm convinced some... anyone who thinks goats are cute has never actually met a goat. <laughs> As someone who used to ride horses, what is your critique of Leopold's form? Um, his form is great. However, it would be very, very difficult to ride a, um carriage horse 
because he's there'd be no saddle and there's like stuff in the way of where you normally sit. Uh-huh. Um, so also, the horse is not used also to being ridden. Very. I thought it was really clever though that they used the blanket on the horse's back to hide the fact that there was a saddle. Mm. Um, he is very obviously wearing a saddle. You can see the outline of it. Uh, but I thought it was very clever of them, especially like they did the same thing in Lord of the Rings. They just use a white saddle on Shadowfax. Um, and they hide it in Gandalf's outfit. Interesting. So you can kind of see it. If you really look, you can see that there is a white saddle that exactly matches his outfit I never on that would horse. Yes. Um, because riding bareback is very hard. Sure. Horses are fucking slippery. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason. Yeah, it. there's a reason why it's difficult, and that it's it's a pretty like it's a advanced skill. Mm-hmm. Um, especially they jump. And one thing, jumping with two people on a horse would also be really hard. Um, and mostly just riding tandem is also difficult and impractical. It's one of the things in books that I actually hate is when the, <laughs> the whole like one horse trope, I'm like, you have never ridden a horse if you think that's sexy. Because <laughs> you're either sitting pretty far behind a person because there's the back of the saddle in the way, or you're sitting on the front pommel of the saddle and, you're and just... if the horse puts its head down, you're going off that thing like a damn slide. Like, there is basically <laughs> nothing keeping you there. And you have, either way, parts that you're not supposed to sit on jamming you up Yeah, either the horn or the... Either the horn or the pommel if it's an English saddle. But, like, saddles are made... What's the back part of the saddle called? You're driving up memories. I thought you might know. No, I... I remember the front is called the pommel. And yeah, there's there's the... that ridge at the yeah, back. Yeah, no, there's it's got a, a name. The anyway. port and the starboard. Exactly, and... yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Parts. The bow truckle uh, and the... the... Saddle. The brace beam. I'll bet we're saying a lot of words that our audience doesn't know. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> if, if you know the those cantle. words... The cantle. The that's cantle, it. that's what it is. There it but, is. like, even if you're using, like, a more... Like, saddles are really designed for one person, and they are designed to kind of help hold you in place. You don't actually want enough room for two people to sit in, because then you'd slide all over the yeah. place. Um, he has good form. I also like that he buckles the horse back in for him. I think that was yeah. really cute. Uh, but, yeah, just hopping on a carriage horse and, like, riding off on it would actually be very difficult. I like to know that Wolverine can uh, hang on a horse if he needs to. I feel like Hugh Jackman. Apparently, he learned something of a horseman. He learned yeah. to horseback ride for this movie. Oh, because didn't he do another movie where he was on a horse? Maybe like a western. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, we're not talking about saddles today. <laughs> we actually already we did, did saddles. Yeah. <laughs> Kinda. So sorry, Rachel. You can't talk about saddles. Uh, Josie nice. and the Pussycats. I love Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Those are actual Andy, screen used. Andy uh, Huddle and I have bonded over how much we love that movie. It's a great movie. It's amazing. It okay, is next April Fools, we got to get the two of you on to pretend <laughs> oh, there's time travel in Josie and the Pussycat. Time travel. There is a lot of gaslighting in that movie. So That'll be perfect. <laughs> well, okay. So here's what I wanted to do originally, and it didn't really work out with Bring It On. But I, what I wanted to do was have us imply the. Um, like any logical ins- inconsistencies or plot holes were the result of time travel. Uh, like the only way that this guy mm. got over here is time travel. Or the only way that person knows that is time travel. Wait, but then Josie and the Pussycats, 
it would be the Eugene Levy as the time traveler. Yeah, you think so? Because he knows way more than he should know. I mean, that makes sense. I've been watching The Reluctant Traveler (laughs) with Eugene Levy, and it's a gorgeous show cinematically, but also philosophically. It just makes me feel really good. I've never heard of it. (laughs) It's a travel show, but Eugene Levy doesn't like to travel. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they're making him do all these things that he normally wouldn't do. And he's just like, I guess I'll do it. And then he ends up <laughs> loving it. Did you see the interview ahead of time where he talked about that? Uh, I saw a bunch of them. Which one are you talking about? So, somebody, I forget who was interviewing him, but he said, yeah, okay. So, they pitched me this idea. And I was like, no, I would hate that. That sounds terrible. Please, no. <laughs> uh, and they were like, oh, okay. Well, thanks so much for considering it. Have a nice day. And they uh, hung up. And then they called him back, like, 20 minutes later. And he was like, actually... Actually, that does sound like it could be very entertaining for everyone else. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> I will sacrifice myself for other people's entertainment. Uh, he talks repeatedly in the episode that I just watched about the Maldives, how Canadian he is. So, <laughs> so I assume he just accepted out of the politeness of his Canadian heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, probably. oh, crap, did I actually say no? They've asked twice. I can't say no now. I am a little surprised that he's only talked about his son once in the show. Like... A longer conversation like he's mentioned that he has a son and a daughter but like he only talked about working with um dan once oh dan levy is his son Mm -hmm. yeah okay does his daughter like also do show business or yeah she's also in schitt's creek oh she's lila i have never actually watched that show you should watch it yeah it's one of those things that everyone tells me to watch sure so hyped up at this point i'm actually really anxious to watch it (laughs) what if i don't like it what if i disappoint all my friends what does that mean about me (laughs) but like unlike things like friends or um oh god there's so many things uh game of thrones like frazier's amazing Oh. Frasier and Cheers and Wings mm, are some of the best have sitcoms. To politely disagree with you about that one. What don't you like about Frasier? Um, the misogyny. Sure, every every show back then had that. No, but like with <laughs> Frasier, I think there are certain shows like Friends and Frasier where you have to kind of have the nostalgia. Like you had to watch mm. it when you were younger to still enjoy ah, it as an adult. I didn't really. Yeah, I watched it in college. Oh man, so many of like I tried to watch Friends as an adult. I was like, this show is mm-hmm. terrible. Oh, so homophobic. Um, yes. And then, uh, one of my old roommates dated a guy who was like obsessed mm-hmm. with Frasier, and I would occasionally come home and he would be watching it, and I would like catch a random episode, and mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't. But the thing about <laughs> Frasier is that he always gets his comeuppance. When he's wrong, he's outlandishly wrong, and always okay. gets uh, yeah. The show what's coming punishes to him. him. Yes. Maybe I also just kind of like maybe it's just something about the fact that I think like Kelsey Grammer just kind of rubs me the wrong sure, way as like that's a fair. human being. That's and fair. I have definitely hit a point in my life where it's really hard for me to watch media that contains actors that I don't like as people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's why I I'm not looking forward to the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie at mm. all is because I'm like oh Pratt. And yeah. so, like, I want to like it because I like Marvel and I mm. like the characters, but I, at this point, I, like, people can argue as much as they want about whatever bullshit separate the art from the artist. Mm. I can't, so. Sure. Uh, th- this is a constant conversation that I have with Dave about separating art from the artist, and it's like, for me, it's like a spectrum, right? So, like, I know that Kelsey Grammer, the person, is kind of shitty for being a Republican, <laughs> Uh, but he among hasn't other things among other things, but like he hasn't done anything like 
so over the top terrible that would make him a bad person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Uh, as opposed to J.K. Rowling, you yeah. know, as the ultimate no, example, right? There's, there's definitely a spectrum. Yeah. But. So, like, I'm more willing to watch Frasier than I am uh, rereading the Harry Potter books, yeah. you know? Yeah, I agree. And, like, for but for me, I don't know. It's for me personally. And I, everyone's mm. entitled to their own, like, spectrum, sure, I think. And the fact that some people are able to make that separation is honestly probably healthy for their <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying my sure. way of handling it good is good them. at all. Yeah. Um, it's just that I've definitely like hit this wall where once I hear a bunch of negative stuff about a, an actor, mm-hmm. like anything with Jared Leto in it is just ruined for sure. me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, with Guardians specifically, like, uh, yes, I also do not like Chris Pratt as a person anymore. Uh, but he's not like Jonathan Majors, who, who actually had all that stuff come out about him. Like, I've never watched Pratt his career just go up and go down. So right quickly. in the same week. Yeah. Gee, wow. It was such a shame. I'm, I yeah. would be very curious to see how that pans out, though, because he's—I mean—he's still insisting that he's innocent and like. Yeah, but he got dropped by his manager and yeah. his PR. Oh yeah, team. yeah. That's a. That's a bad sign. If they're not going to stand by him. If your PR team that you pay lots of money to and probably also has Marvel money can't figure out how to spin this in your favor. You fucked up. Yeah. 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 That's a very good point. I don't know. I just, I don't want, I don't want Jonathan Majors to be sullied. He was doing so well. I loved all the things he was in. He seemed so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really wonder how they're going to move forward with him because they have he he's going to be in loki they're already done shooting it. yeah it's pretty much done being edited right now they would have to like deep fake someone else's face onto him like they did or do what what did they do for that weird zombie movie where they replaced somebody with tignataro uh well he wasn't in that many scenes anyway so they just you know they just cut around it it. yeah yeah Yeah. but if he's like the major player and then mm-hmm. like what are they going to do in the long run with that character are they going to recast I mean it it's got to be a Don Cheadle situation yeah, you know, like yeah. I wonder if they'll just do that yeah like just replace him with somebody yes, else yes I'm and... Kang the Conqueror from an alternate universe uh, that other guy I don't know he looked I mean, different they didn't even need to say that it's from an alternate universe you just carry on with this oh I'm just yeah. saying like person. it's it, for him specifically, mm-hmm. there's such this convenience of like there are 50 billion. Oh yeah, Kangs. you could say it's a it's a variant or something. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. But the multiverse has made it infinitely easier to do yeah. things like that. <laughs> to mm-hmm. recast. Well, you saw how fast. Did you see how fast uh, Disney got rid of the guy who was cast as David in the live action Lilo and Stitch? Oh yeah, it was what like. Oh got, yeah, that's like, like immediately. They announced that he was cast mm-hmm. like the next day. A bunch of stuff came out that he had made terrible racist remarks, and he was replaced the following day. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. Disney is like not joking around anymore. No. True. So I think with Marvel, we're gonna see the same thing where they're like, oh yeah. Now that Ike Perlmutter is gone, they have like no excuse to like mm-hmm. put up with that bullshit. Sorry, Mr. Majors, uh, you fucked up. Yeah. yeah, right. It's not that hard to be a decent person, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't understand a lot of these people. Okay, last thing before we start the episode. Who would you recast as Kang? Uh, that's so hard. It's so hard, because honestly, uh, I would like to see someone new again. Like, Majors himself was fairly new. Yeah, he'd like, done he'd a really handful of things. He'd only done a handful of things. He'd really only, the only, like, big thing he'd kind of done was that Lovecraft, Lovecraft show. And he did that Which Western was phenomenal. on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I Harder They Fall. One. Yeah, I heard it was well, really no, I did good. I not see that. Um... 
So I don't. I don't know. Kevin Hart. No. <laughs> oh God. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, honestly, what's the? There's another guy who's in Harder They Fall who acts opposite him a lot. Who I don't think is already in Marvel. Who would? Who could do a very good like? Oh, Lakeith Stan- uh, Stanfield. Let me see his face. That guy. Yes, because he was in. Uh, what was it? Judith and the Black Messiah, or um, something in the Black Messiah. He's yes, great. He's he was in Judith. I was thinking of him. Judith the Black Messiah. Thank you. I was thinking of him in Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, no, oh. he's, he's he's also in Get Out very in Atlanta. Talented. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I would someone like that could be great because he's just super super skilled. Like he'd bring a lot of good energy to it, and I mm-hmm. feel like he could play that kind of charming yet diabolical that we've seen from Kang so mm-hmm. far. Um, slightly uh, omni- omnipotent yet dashing. That could totally work. <clears throat> oh man. I keep coming back to LeVar Burton, and I don't know why. He's a bit old now. He's a bit old. Sure, who cares? <laughs> Kang is thousands of years old, right? Yeah, and isn't LeVar, like, just slightly older? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love He's LeVar Burton. Our entire timeless, child. Timeless man. <laughs> yeah, right? I think just because he did such an amazing job in Picard this season. I'm oh, like, my God. Really Picard is so good. Oh, when you get so- to it. It will reward you. Well, it has my bisexual awakening in it, uh-huh. so I need to go back for her. Have you have you watched any of it? No, we don't have any of the streaming services it's on, so Fair we enough. haven't been able to check it out on anything. Uh, they're all good. Uh-huh. Season three is ridiculous. Season three is what everyone thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's well, more to the point, it's what we all actually wanted. Right. Like the other two seasons were good, but. This is what we all wanted. Let's all let's just let's just call it what it is. <laughs> I did want slightly more of what happened in season one. Like I wanted it to connect more. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying before, like we didn't get. Um, I always want to call him Elrond, and that's not it. Uh, Elnor, yeah. <laughs> Why do I want to call him Elrond? Uh, I mean, because it's a that's a better name. Has, has Janeway showed up in any point in it? She hasn't. Uh, uh, she gets mentioned, uh, but she's she in two other up, shows. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much for you, but okay. there, are, there are some things yeah. that we will talk about when you've seen it. Okay. Uh, all right. Admiral uh, Janeway now? Right? Admiral yeah. Janeway, yes. Yeah, she should be. Everybody's an admiral now. Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, my God. Why am I blanking on his name? Chuba. Harry. Mm. Kim? Yeah, Harry Kim is an ensign still. Let's he's... <laughs> forever. He's not an admiral. No, not that guy. No, uh, Tom Paris, not an admiral. Probably not. Probably not. But but a plate. I feel like he's retired and is a family <laughs> yeah, he's man got now. The plate. Yeah. Uh, so there's another show on Paramount Plus called Lower Decks, which takes yeah. place. Oh, okay. I've so heard of it. I've never. So seen good. It. Yeah, Tom Paris uh, guest stars on an episode uh, as a plate. Is he? <laughs> Which caused them to make Tom Paris plates. You yeah. can now get them. I kind of want one. I don't even like Tom Paris as a character, but I want the plate for so, the Lower Decks gag. So uh-huh. there's a Star Trek cookbook. Oh yeah, Dave has it, right? Really? I there's think. a Star Trek cookbook, and it's organized not by like show or like race of creature, but by characters. Oh, interesting. And so like one of Tom Paris's delicacies is pizza. 
<laughs> like, and it's oh specifically God. like kind of shitty microwave pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the store, buy this brand. Basically. No, it's how to make it, okay, but it's okay. like how to make a kind of shitty like personal pan pizza that isn't like a very so flat good. crust. Just slather whatever you want Hello. on there. It's Amazing. pretty funny. Yeah, and I just remember. But yeah, a lot of the major characters have like their own. That's cool. Like sections about like what kind of foods they would it's a very cute cookbook i mean that makes sense it's something that comes up in the show a lot and i feel like if you focused too much on the like alien foods but they finally show you how to make like how to make a raffigino and like really like that you're like oh that's what it is um but yeah and like one of the recipes like picard has like a, a tea earl gray hot mm-hmm. recipe that's just how to basically how to steep a cup of earl gray tea <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, you know, Hugh, it's pretty. It's pretty. Hugh Grant recently did a how to make a cup of tea uh, thing. Hugh Grant, who ran out of fucks to give. Oh my god! Like, uh-huh. his, all of his <laughs> interviews during the like press tour for the Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. movie, exactly. are bananas. Yep, he just fully, fully gave up. <laughs> He's like, I did this movie. I have no idea what it was about. <laughs> I said but all the words in the right order. Very handsome in it. <laughs> and you can see Chris Pine sitting next to him, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris it, Pine's just looking into his future. That's <laughs> well. It's funny because he talks about like I forget which actor he said, but it was somebody who worked with a lot in the like nineties, two thousand. It was Sandra Bullock. He said, yeah, well, she's she's tried to make me tea many, many times. And I, I had to I had to stop her and I had to redress. Okay. You must take the tea and, and put it in the cup, and then you must boil the water. And, and while it's still boiling, you must pour it over the tea bag, which just made it that much funnier when I saw the movie. And he's the the whole bit about the tea being way too hot. <laughs> oh, you are acting well done, sir. <laughs> um, I just upgraded my copy of Music and Lyrics from full screen to widescreen, and I'm like. I could, I could use more Hugh Grant in my life right now. Charming fellow. So is Mickey Mouse soon, right? <laughs> Probably not. Never. No, you know, I mean like... You know, the, sh- you know the shenanigans they're pulling, though. Oh, oh, that's right. They're trying to pull some shit. They put him in the logo. Mm. So the logo for Walt Disney Animation is now the first, like, however many frames of Steamboat Willie. Oh, yeah. And logos... Do not have an end of life. Ah. Oh, I'm just really exciting that they're suing Ron DeSantis. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't need them to win, but I need Ron DeSantis to lose. Uh, did you see that Onion headline that was like Goofy beats Ron DeSantis with a uh, crowbar? <laughs> no. I didn't, but that's very good. That's just uh, Goofy holding a bloody crowbar. Here <laughs> for it. it, it I don't normally like rooting for goofy? the greatest capitalistic. I know, right? It feels empire icky. of our of our generation, but in this specific situation, I will root for them. I mean, you're a big Disney fan, right? I am, but I also understand they're evil. Sure. <sighs> evil is such a strong word. Is it though? Oh, is it? Like they, they bring so much joy and so much pain. It's true. That does happen. Yeah, are you evil by your intention or by your acts? Mm. And are is does your totality affect by your parts? They have 
managed to have Disney manages to have no fly zones in the U.S. over, over their parks. Their parks. Mm-hmm. You know, in no California. One, you know, no one has ever died at Disney officially speaking. Officially? They have to take them outside. They take them mm-hmm. outside before mm-hmm. they declare them dead. That's actually which is entirely that true, is some but... dystopian shit. Like, <clears throat> no, no, you you may have died on the Matterhorn. But you died over no, there, my friend. No, that's actually not entirely true. Is it? No, yeah, it's a Disney myth. Oh man, there are people who I definitively totally like, that died one. on died on things. But they do try, like, oh okay. <clears throat> if they can manage they it, they're going to get you. Very off. difficult for you to die on site, including they also don't want dead people there because so many people try to spread ashes at Disney, and they I've, do yep. not like it. I- I've definitely heard the stories about how many times they have to shut down the haunted yep. mansion. Shut down the rides, vacuum you up, throw you in the trash. That is all that will happen to people's ashes if you try to spread them at Disney. That's why you either A, spread a small amount, or B, spread it in the the greenery outside so that you're part of the dirt. Yeah, you kind of have to not spread it on the rides. Mm-hmm. Those are more heavily monitored than you think they are. Have you seen the documentary? Um, oh my god! I always fuck up the name. We of almost it. started an episode without a digression. <laughs> Since when? Just now. That never happens. <laughs> um, I, I just sent this documentary to a friend because I was uh, uh, recommending it. Remain seated, please. A hoot and chief story. So it's about these two friends who go on to the Horizons ride. Um, And basically, they figured out a spot in the ride where there's no camera, so you can get off. And they would, like, explore the ride and, like, catalog it by taking pictures and stuff. What? And they would do this for years. But really, the documentary is about friendship. And it made me very sad. But it's very good. Wow. Mildly scarred by the time we got trapped on the Cars ride. Oh yeah, what happens? <laughs> oh my god! So wait, yeah. first, where did you get stuck on the ride? So in the you've ridden the cars ride at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're inside, it was right after like Mater comes at you with the big bull tractor. Yes. Um, and the car is like right about speed up. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The ride broke down. Oh. Uh, and so we're sitting there, and it's me and my friend, and a couple of people in the back seat of the car, and we're just hanging out, and we're in the dark, and every, you know everything's kind of frozen in place, and we're just there and it's dark <laughs> we're just sitting there we don't know what's happening we're like are we gonna go 20 minutes later they decide to let us know that the it's broken down by turning on all the lights <laughs> and uh that really shatters the image it really does you. yeah it's you wanna, true you wanna have the magic of disneyland just destroyed in a second be on one of the rides when they turn all the lights on Alternatively, I like it for a reason, I'm guessing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everything is painted to only be viewed in the dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alternatively, I enjoy watching videos of Halloween Horror Night mazes with the lights on. Because I like (laughs) seeing all the mechanics of stuff that go into the, you know, the, the scares and everything. So I think that's kind of fun. But, like, when you're on the ride, it's like... It's that definitely does kill a little bit, except when you're on. It's a small world because when it breaks down, it all keeps going. Oh no, no! You just keep hearing oh, the yeah. song. No, when we got at, Ooh, at Disney World, we also got trapped for a little while on the Finding Nemo ride, and we just got mm. stuck watching the same yep. clip 
a dory just (laughs) 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 on repeat just keep swimming that's what you gotta do 15 minutes a dory it's pretty impressive. She had about about ten minutes of stuff. Oh, wow. prepped, and then it, nice. Jen, it finally started to repeat, and then we started moving in. We were like, "Oh man!" <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that stuff about Disney. You know, I love seeing how mu- how prepared they are for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like with Phantasmic, uh, when the dragon breaks down, they have uh, an effect on the mist uh, as like the bee dragon. You know. Because uh, recently Melissa caught, caught on, on fire. fire. Oh no! So oh no! Yeah, yeah it's bad. It was it was dramatic. real bad. Like it was blowing up bad. Like uh, so in the shows after that, they had to use the the mist effect, um, which isn't as cool, but you know, still good. Dragon blowing up. <laughs> I think everyone will understand. Yeah, right. Everyone should understand dragons blowing up. Yes, but um, I. Remind me later to send you a link to Remain Seated, please. Okay. There are actually great. two really good Disney documentaries on YouTube. Because, I mean, there's a ton of great theme park mm-hmm. people on YouTube, right? Yeah. Um, but there's another one uh, from Defunct Land Ooh. about the Disney Channel jingle. Oh, yeah. You dun, told us dun, about that dun, before. Dun. So, Defunct Land wanted to find out who wrote that music. And he okay. had to go through this whole long thing of trying to find out. But it's really about, like, an artist's relationship to their art and when you feel like a real artist. Uh, it, it really hit me hard. Like, I wasn't expecting it. I was just like, yeah, this dude did the song. Uh, but it wasn't that simple. And it turned out to be a really compelling documentary. Do you know that the woman who designed the monster from the Black Lagoon got her animation start working for Disney? Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was an inker. The book is cool. really good. The book is really good. Yeah, there's a... Uh, like mem- oh, memory history non-fiction ebook it's a biography biography yeah, yeah called the lady from the black lagoon oh cool it's all about the woman who actually created it and didn't get any credit because men patriarchy yeah right uh but yeah she was the one of the uh, animators that was mostly responsible for chernabog in mm-hmm. taking it back to fantasia and the butts mm-hmm. you and, never see chernabog's butts. butts though you don't no. Although you, you do skeleton butts, you do back of pelvises. You know, you know, Chernabog has has real cake. Oh Just... yeah, it definitely. Is. Uh, he has a Funko Pop, so you can see his butt that way. Oh, there yes. you go. All right, well, uh, you can find us on the internet. Uh, I'm at bsilverio20 on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive. I'm Rachel Grandigleski, and I am Orion has Moxie on Instagram and a wandering read on TikTok. I'm at Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longit of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. This has been an Indecisionist production. Head on over to indecisionist.com slash time to party to check out all of our show notes and transcripts of episodes. You can use the hashtag time to party to join in on the conversation. That's time the number two party. As well as ha- hashtag time the number two party. Word spelled out. Thank you for it. <laughs> so while we consider costumes for our evil personalities, uh, I want to remind you to be excellent to each other. And party on, dude. Wow. <laughs>